welcome back to the Flix Forum podcast with Jesse and MJ, where each episode we go back and look at a Netflix original film in the order of release. This is our 21st day of Podmas, where we are releasing an episode every day in the lead up to Christmas. Today we have Netflix's 69th film. It's the 2018 romantic comedy drama Irreplaceable You. It's directed by Stephanie Lang and it stars Gubu Matharor, Michelle Hoosman, Steve Coogan, Timothy Simons, Jackie Weaver, Kate McKinnon, Christopher Walken, and Tamara Tooney. Hi, MJ. Hey, mate. Jeez, we are plowing through them. Just hearing you say 21st day and then 69th film. It's like, Christmas is nearly here. Christmas is nearly here. We're, we're almost into the 70s of Netflix movies that we've watched. We're into, what's this one? This is February 2018. You know, we're catching up. Yep. Netflix is moving pretty quickly though, so we're not... We're still going to struggle to catch right up. <laughs> it's like we're on those travelators and you're just walking and you just continue One to stay broken still. ones, we've <laughs> I'm trying to crunch numbers in the head. I'm like, how can we catch up to date with Netflix? And it's like, well, we kind of need Netflix to slow down <laughs> if we want it. Because we're doing everything we can. Uh, it's, yeah, I don't know. it's going to be a while before we catch up, I reckon. It will be. But that's okay. We're, we're still enjoying this. We're seeing stuff that we probably wouldn't have seen before. Absolutely. So we start our show with our fast flicks, where we do a quick summary of the film. MJ, what's your fast flicks for Irreplaceable You? Uh, pretty simple one for this. I've just gone with, when cancer strikes to tear everything apart, everyone copes with it differently. Nice. Open. Plenty, <clears throat> yep. to, plenty to interpret. Uh, I think that kind of theme is more important than any plot within the film. Good. I have said, a terminally ill girl wants to come to terms with her partner not having her in his life. Again, similarly broad. Very broad. <clears throat> very, very, very broad. Yeah, this this film's a lot more than the than the um, spots and dots of the plot. There's Yeah. They're trying to say something rather than going, hey, this is a great story, let's talk about it. All right, well, this we're going to spoil this film. So yeah. if you didn't want to... This is our third rom-com day in a row. Well, sorry, romantic yeah, I, film. Yeah, I, when... When, when, when you said yesterday, you're like, okay, we got another rom-com. I was like, okay. And I started watching this and I'm like, I don't know if this necessarily... Like, this feels more like a drama. Sure. Than, than a rom-com. It's obviously got some rom-com elements to it because there are there are some funny moments to it. There's also, obviously, the you know relationship romance stuff. But it does, you know, I think it's it's heavy enough to... You know, when you think of a rom-com... You, you know. Yeah. The, <clears throat> yeah, I think they tried to have some characters in there to provide some light, but... <clears throat> Oh, possibly, definitely. Yeah, possibly, yeah. But you know what? That's the beauty of movies. You can't necessarily pigeonhole them, right? That's no. that's what we, we um, love about And this. just using the, the genre that they decide <laughs> to market and promote this film as, I guess. So yeah. They want that sort of element to say, hey, you might get a laugh out of this. Yeah, absolutely. What have you been able to find out about this film? Any information? Jesse, you know what? Not much. No. I've actually had a bit of trouble finding stuff of this film. It's almost like... They released the film, they were happy with it, they did a bit of a press, and that was that. There's no idea, and I hope you have, because I haven't found anything particularly interesting about the, the shoot. All I've got is that it was shot in Bushwick in New York yep. over 19 days, yep. which is a nice quick shoot. Um, and they, they chose Bushwick specifically because they wanted to show a side of New York that the tourists weren't necessarily familiar with, so I Googled it myself and was like, okay, where is this? And it's sort of near the, on the Brooklyn side of things. Yep. Because uh, they've still got lots of good shots of that sort of bay area, or yeah. whatever you want to call it. Have you heard of Bushwick prior to this? No. Yeah, neither have I. Good. I wasn't like, oh God, no. I'm talking about something that's really, really famous and nah, I'm sounding like nah. a dickhead. No, not at all. Um, and I found it interesting is that what attracted um, Stephanie Lang, who's the director, what attracted her to the script, 
despite the fact that she had a personal connection, um, having lost her father to cancer at a young age, but was that that ability to to sort of laugh and cry almost immediately? So once she read the script initially, she was drawn to it for those reasons. And um, and this is her featured debut as well. Yeah, exactly. And I think uh, I got the vibe that she read this script and was like, I have to do this. Um, and then also the idea that maybe no one else would, would do it the way she wanted to do it. And, you know, that feeling where you... you, you you didn't know that you wanted to do something until you find it, and now you have to do that thing. It, 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 I kind of got that vibe. She had that her. connection, I guess, where yeah, she just couldn't really let this one go. Yeah, absolutely, else. absolutely, and it's it's a pretty relatable story for everyone, whether it be specifics of losing someone to cancer or dealing with these kinds of things. I think that feeling of coping and loss is you know prevalent everywhere. Good. Uh, so I guess we can make some Netflix references in here with a few of the cast. Very true. So we've got, uh, the main character in this one is Abby, mm. played by, um, I'll stuff, can you give a, have a crack at saying her, the actress's I, you, name? I reckon you bloody nailed it. Gugu Mabatharor? Yeah, that's what I would say. Okay. Gugu. We can just call her Gugu from now on. Gugu, so we, we only saw her a couple of days ago. We did, I was going to say Cloverfield Paradox. Cloverfield Paradox, yeah. So, um, second Netflix film released in 2018 that starred her. Yeah, well... So, I don't have it with me, but I reckon it was probably like a few weeks earlier. <laughs> it yeah. wouldn't have made much difference in... No, well, it wasn't because this was released on the 16th of Feb 2019. So um, whenever the Super Bowl was, it was like a week. I reckon it was a week difference almost. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because yeah. Super Bowl was Cloverfield launch. Like, you know, we're night, just pumping it? through these movies. <laughs> yeah, because Super Bowl is normally the first week of Feb. Feb yeah. yeah. So it was released 16th of Feb worldwide on Netflix, except Sweden, the day after. I'm not sure why. Couldn't find out why, but... Sweden got it the day after. Might have been public holiday or something. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know. I don't know. That was a weird one. Um, the other sort of interest... Oh, talking about cast, I guess. Jackie yeah. Weaver stars in this... Or has a... Is in it, yeah. Has a, a small role in this one. Is this number three for her? I had number three. What so are the, the she, other She two? was in Small Crimes. Correct. She played the mother yep. of um, Lannister in it. She was also in... The one with Jack Black, I'm pretty sure. Polka King, yeah, Polka she was. King, yeah. She was actually she was very good in both those, and she was good in this. Yeah, Jackie Weaver. Jackie She's Weaver, just good. good Aussie talent. In fact, all of those roles uh, were sort of small, smaller, smaller roles. Similar. She was a mother <laughs> role. <laughs> That's her third Netflix. So I think she must join um, Chris O'Dowd. He's done three. Three, yep. And there was someone else that we someone had. Someone else well. has done three. I can't even remember. We need to keep a tally. Adam Sandler obviously oh, has, Adam but Sandler. we know he, we know he's <laughs> and all the people yeah. he brings along to his films. He struck that deal with Netflix, so he almost doesn't count. But yeah. um, the the other thing that I I read in one of the interviews with the director was about the color Abby Blue. So the character's called Abby, mm. and then Abby Blue is like that tinge of blue that you see throughout the film. And they, um, she said that every frame of the film had that Abby Blue color in there somewhere. Yeah, right. They specifically did that. So whether they're in, you know, an office scene, they made sure that some kind of prop or item in the shot was that Abby Blue color to sort of give that feel. And yeah. So Abby Blue is a color. It is. I had to Google. Okay. I had to Google search because I was like Abby Blue. I'm like, this doesn't make sense. It's the character, and I looked yeah. and it's an actual like tinge of blue. It's a, it's a yeah. type of character. Oh, sorry, type of color. Type of color. Yeah. This is one thing I couldn't find was when or how or what Netflix did to get the rights to this film. Did they buy the rights really early? Did they see it at a festival of sorts and then pick it up? Um, there's no reference to that at all. No. So I, I, I'm apologise to our. We normally do cover that in this, but I, I couldn't find it anywhere. So. I was curious to see what that was going to be about. And that's what I mean why there was no real hoo-ha about the release of this. They just kind of went about their way. and I guess well, we had two other films released around Valentine's Day <clears> as well. So yeah. I guess maybe they're 
so many films all at once it was hard to get the press yeah true but even just someone referencing you know this is where Netflix picked it up or the director saying Netflix gave me a long leash like everyone else seemed to say when they worked with Netflix got none of that so Um, the only other I I did have a look at the writer Bess Wall so she this is actually her first screenplay that's been made into a film but she's a very accomplished playwright okay so she's got obviously a big background in in theatre but again wrote a script that seemed to resonate on screen and here it is and uh, I think she's still firmly entrenched in the theatre world so that's probably why she hasn't done anything else it's not a, not a case of not being able to do she just seems to be like she just branched out branched for just one film hmm. consensus time consensus yeah what do you got uh, so I've got the our favourite uh, Rotten Tomatoes it didn't have a consensus but it had 19 reviews Let's not so even... I, I, so sometimes I swear we have a consensus with eight. Sometimes... So I'm really confused. So 32% on 19 reviews. Okay. We have issues with Rotten Tomatoes if this is your first episode listening to us. We do we do have issues with their system and how it all works and they're really small sample size. Matt, yeah, very, very small. The other thing that's on there was um, I, that Google percentage down the right oh, yep. side of Google. Yep. Ninety-four percent of Google users like this film, so I feel like that's very high. Normally. Everything is very high on there. I have, I'm yet to see something down that side that is under ninety. Maybe you don't click that you like it. If, maybe you're not even like Google. I don't know how you actually like it, but maybe you don't log it unless you like it. Kind maybe of there's like two people that actually click on it, and that's there are two people that like yeah. it. So yeah, because it doesn't actually say off how many uh, users. Oh well, we uh, still... maybe I need to investigate that more for tomorrow. Yeah, all right, that's on us. That's on us. But we, we, we're just bringing you the raw data, guys. What else? What other data have you got for IMDb? So IMDb had a very healthy 6.4 out of 10 off 6,600 uh, ratings. Yep. Letterboxd was a little bit more tempered with 2.8 out of 5, um, 3,500 ratings. So again, much better than the uh, 19 that we're looking at on Rotten Tomatoes. Yes. Which is why we like Letterboxd and IMDb. Obviously, everyone knows IMDb, so if you're going to log a film, a lot of them do it there. I did miss the audience on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, yep. Sorry. So that was at 58%. 58. On 199 ratings. So it's still pretty low, but that's quite a bit higher than the Mm. critics. I tell you what, if you had... 200 reviews on IMDb you almost wouldn't even look at it like that's 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 the numbers that they put up yeah I think it's time we do our early thoughts on this one happy to you know what I want you to go first I, I want I want you to tell me what you think I want you to tell me well suffice to say this film really got me okay um, I was so into the chemistry between the two main characters um, I enjoyed the home truths that were delivered and kind of discovered by characters throughout different parts of the movie. Um, and you know what? It's sometimes easy to forget the fundamental reasons why we watch movies is to connect emotionally and to feel something on a visceral level. And I don't think I've felt that with a film since we watched Oakja a few weeks ago or a while ago. Wow, that's... this this No, this film, w- w- despite its couple of plot flaws that I didn't enjoy I'd certainly it t- touched me and it got me feeling and that's that's a hard thing to do sometimes good some I've watched some great films um, and I think this is such a great film the only thing it's lacking is it didn't quite pull me in emotionally this film this pulled, me in, okay. pulled me in pulled me in it lacked other things but it definitely pulled me in sure I don't think you liked this. No, I, I, this is, it's been a while since we've had a bit of a disagreement <laughs> so, so this could lead to some exciting discussion I thought this was very ordinary. I got a vibe from you before we started yeah, recording. I, I let it off too early. Yeah. <laughs> and I could tell when we're talking earlier that you might have enjoyed this. So <laughs> to me, there was there was no light at the end of the tunnel for this film because they set it off straight away with and 
if you're going to watch the it's film, a talking it's, point. it's a talking point. It's, they, it's, yeah. they show the opening scene is that she's already passed away. So to me, this movie was down, down, down. There were no, no nothing positive at all in anything in this film. Excellent. And yeah, like I, I yeah, yeah. I needed I needed some sort of uplifting moment or some sort of actual connection that didn't feel forced between the two main characters. And to me, that's where this has let me down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. Yeah, so I think we're going to be quite different on this one. No, that'll be good because I'm keen to hear your thoughts on it and I hope you're probably keen, to, very keen hear to hear what I liked yeah. about it. And I think you, you kind of touched on it um, and I de- we'll definitely talk about the, the decision to start with that opening scene where yeah. we've, we've done our spoiler alert but where she literally says, hey, I died. Like, yep. um, And then you go back in time to, to see how it all happened. happens. But yeah. I think for me... And this is probably leading into characters which we're going to talk about in a sec. Is that every single one of these characters that's introduced in the film um, has a different way of dealing with this tragedy, and and that being the key theme of the film. Um, when you go into that knitting group or what's it, crochet, crochet, yep. crochet, that's what it's called, yeah. Yep. Um, that's like that whole theory magnified, yeah, like, in you this little bubble. Different people. Um, but it, it, it does talk about those from those who are impacted to those who are sort of one spot removed from it to those who are working in a hospital and dealing with it every single day. This is basically a story of how they all cope. And for what it's worth, I don't think that message works without knowing that she's going to die. Sure. So that's... So uh, I get 100% agree with everything you're saying, but the one flaw for me is the way that Sam is on the screen. So the her partner, because to me you didn't get to understand or really feel him dealing with it properly because it was all done through her. Great. Well, do you want to talk about Sam first, Sam? Yeah, go for it. Um, and and, and do, do you have any more to add on that point about him? Because it's, it's, a, it's a good point. I, I didn't really believe him one little bit. And I, don't, like, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't get an understanding of him because everything we saw was through the eyes of Abby. And everything Abby wanted to do was her over... And I'm talking a little bit about here now because I find it hard to not talk about him without her. Yep. Because no, that's, that's you didn't fine. really see any any of what he was actually feeling or how he was dealing with it. You get a couple of scenes where he's with his mate. Um, I can't even remember his um, friend's name. Yeah, I've got it. Anyway, he's um, Benji. Benji. You see a couple of scenes where he's sipping lattes, walking through the park, and that there's there's two scenes with that where or in the bar where he sort of tries to open up a little bit about how he's feeling, or you know, he's like, I'm going to miss her, mm. but you didn't actually. You know, because whenever he tried to have a go at the way Abby was trying to deal with things, she just shut off completely. Mm-hmm. She just turned and said, nah, you're, you're doing the wrong thing and then didn't talk to him for days. So it, she didn't allow him to express how he was feeling. And as an audience member, that really annoyed me because mm-hmm. I wanted to see what his actual feelings were. So that's actually almost exactly the way I see him as well. Um, he was really, his, his feelings on the whole matter were really suppressed. Mm. Um Firstly, I think it was by choice, but then secondly, um, he seemed to understand the magnitude of what was happening, but if Abby wasn't going to accept it at those times, he wasn't going to throw it in her face. Yep. So in, in that sense, I think we, we, we see him exactly the same way. And to me, that's that's another coping mechanism, right? So you've got a guy who firstly is like going to completely, not ignore it, but completely like, let's... Let's not think about it. Let's not think about it. And when he wants to think about it, he's like, shit, if I bring this up, I'm going to make her upset. I'm going to, it's not going to work. And I, I think for me, that's a really real way of, of thinking about this situation. Now, I, I guess in, in your sense, 
that means that you're lacking something and there's something that you wanted to grab onto there that, you, that yeah. was not there to grab onto and I completely I, I, totally, I, I think that, that it's an important character trait to show in a film like this mm. but I don't necessarily know or think you need to have that as the second character to her you could have that as the way that the mum dealt with her or the way that yeah. someone like someone else that's a side character as someone shutting off about it rather than the main person like I want to see them argue I want to see them talk about what's going on not her shut off every time he tries to bring something up yeah because, sure and like, they're, they're the two characters you're supposed to feel the most for they're the two that you're supposed to you're supposed to feel for him not having the person he's been with since he was five years old and I didn't get that through yeah I see I did get that and I think that's because they set up that chem. I, I don't know about you but the chemistry between Abby and Sam it's characters felt so real regardless of whether I felt like they were a little bit too perfect right they were yep. like this perfect couple I still felt like it was believable, and I just I, I hats off to to both Gugu and Mi- Michelle, Michael, Michael. Um, I think they both owned these characters. They were completely in those characters, and that really, really worked for me. Um, and I think by setting up that chemistry, and then seeing Sam struggling to communicate that chemistry, I did feel that from him I was like okay you poor bastard like I want to give you a big hug and okay. tell you it's all going to be okay so I, I you came need, across you really knobbish to me and like these shots with him as being like a lecturer or whatever it was mm. I just got no real sense of him having anything outside of his relationship with Abby so I wanted to hear his thoughts on that relationship sure I mean one of my favourite scenes and like, and like you didn't get to meet his family all you got to meet was Benji's one friend and in this, the rest of it, I get that the story's about her, but you get to meet her mum, you get to meet her therapy group, you get to meet her co-worker, you get to meet her, this um, random that she meets in a coffee shop. Mm. The only character you have with him is Benji. Mm. And that's it. So, that's a good point. So, yeah. Benji and a job that he's not that... Well, sorry, he, he enjoys the job, but students who don't seem to really care. Yeah, so to me, like, yeah, I don't know. I was just... Yeah. This, yeah, you know what? It could have used a... Um, Oh, I would have been pushing it a bit, a little bit, but it could have used. Actually, one of my questions I've got for you is, and I, I might as well ask it now. No, you don't want to save it. You don't. Want to save oh, we're it. talking about. I'd like to keep it on on track with what we're talking about. Yeah. Is what do you think Sam's doing in six months' time? Um. Well, we, was that him at the grave? So, yeah, yeah. So he's still visiting her. So to me, he's still mourning. Well, uh, let's let's be fair. Like you're never going to stop visiting your wife's grave. Like. Yeah, you'd hope like you'd, that's you'd like and to sorry, that. still morning, still fine. I, I would be I, my, in my in my head. He's absolutely still morning as well. Yep, I um this one's like a tricky one because I know people who have had similar situations with the loss of loved ones. Yeah, and quite often though, like I've seen males in those roles who don't necessarily pay pay that respect. So. Uh. So I don't know that like I'm. But you know I'm Sam's feeling... character, right? Like, there's no doubt that he's, he wasn't well, going to. No, right? exactly. Like, he so was, he's got nothing. That was his world, exactly. And I, I think I'm again getting into my scenes where how he keeps sort of she keeps quizzing him, like you know, what if I was a man, yeah. right? And I'd be gay, and yeah. he he talks about the lengths that he would go, go to, to for to her because it's almost like you are everything to me, um, and that's what what she said. What if I what if I don't make it? And he says something like, and then I I would really struggle to yeah. To, to cope sort of thing and I guess then that's me reflecting okay that opening scene then yep he is still he's struggling, he's struggling. that's what I mean I, I think he will struggle and I it's funny because we both read this the exact same way but it resonates with us differently mm. um, interesting yeah that's the beauty of film eh correct it's there's you know there's never wrong, that wrong answer and it, 
as long as you can defend what you're saying, it's fine. Absolutely. Um, which you absolutely have as well. What do you want to talk about, Abby? Abby's our girl, right? She's lead character. This film is about her. Yes. I, and maybe I struggled with her a little bit as well. And maybe that's, that's, I don't know what, like she was this constant worry ward and everything was about worry and concern. And I get that in the situation she was in, but they did it in a negative sort of way where they set her up as someone who needed to get over herself as well. So it wasn't about her trying to do the right things for the people in her life before she left the world, but it was about, um, you know, when her death's imminent, she needs to keep those relationships and those, those memories going for those people rather than being such a negative down and outer about it. Mm. So, and I, I did like, um, so Myron, the mm. character from Christopher Walken, where mm. he was constantly t- pulling her up on that. And Great. even when he pulled her up on it, she didn't really do anything to adjust that, mm. that side of her. So I, fi- I found it hard to empathize with her. So that again, for me is, is her, her way of coping with it. So she, yep. she, her, her thing was, okay, well, how, how is everyone going to be when I'm gone? Let's specifically, how, how's Sam going to be when I'm gone? And I don't necessarily think that was her concern as much as it was keeping her mind busy from what's actually happening to her, happening to her and trying to live a productive life in that sense. So I, I actually found her to be um, a particular, where we meet this particularly bubbly and positive character. And... I think she she kind of tries to fight the fact that she's got this really bad news by joking about it and by, you know, occupying her mind with other things. But eventually she just has to succumb to it, right? Because it's, it's inevitable what's happening to her yeah. and she's going to feel the impact of it. Um, but I think she probably pushes it too far in that direction. Um, Agree. And completely loses sight of, of the right now, which becomes obviously a really important yeah. factor of this film. Um, but to me, it was still a believable journey of that emotional roller coaster that you, you'd have to go on in a situation like that, right? Like her actions throw me a little bit. She does things where I'm like, that doesn't quite make sense. I don't know what you're doing here, but the emotional journey feels, feels very real. What she's going through with dealing with this information and how she's living her life off the back of it felt really real and really heartbreaking from, from, from the very moment it happens, right? Like you can't not be heartbreaking. But I guess I think one of the things I liked about this film so much is that everything felt real. In, in a warped way, the emotions felt real and raw and heavy, and I liked that. Sure. I, yeah, I, maybe... I don't, yeah, I don't know. To me, yeah, the, the heaviness of it was what pulled it down as well. Yeah. Like, yeah. like I need... Heavy can go both ways, can, for sure. Like, you, you, you teeter on the edge with heavy. Yeah, and... I just needed some positive things from her at some stage and I didn't get that. Which is interesting though, because this is a, it's obviously a bleak film Mm -hmm. um, and it's a heavy film, but there's a deliberate attempt at keeping humor and keeping lightness within the whole film, within the characters. I mean, not to mention that majority of these characters are are comedians. Yeah. Um, And there's a lightness to, a lot of the dialogue and everything about it because it's almost like that's this has happened but doesn't mean we can stop having fun with things but how can you not have this tinge of sadness that's never going to go away it can't go and, away and maybe that would have been fine if the the scenes with her and um, Myron were more comedic or more funny and more uplifting like rather than being such a negative impact on her relationship with Sam so look, that's a good segue to talk about Myron yep um 
like he was almost like a walking, talking metaphor. Just like sprinkling yeah. wisdom in these coffee book table quotes, um, which were corny, but I love that shit anyway, yeah. so it worked. <laughs> um, I, I think he, he allowed Abby to realize what was actually going on. Whether she acted on it initially, she eventually did, right? She, she, she realized, and probably not until Myron died, yep. she realized Agree with that. everything that Myron was saying was bang on. And it's not until she goes and visits his wife when... And, and his wife is just like a, a reflection of Myron. Like, she's saying the exact same things, the exact same hard truths. Um, and, and they were that perfect vessel to get through to her eventually. But I still think that though that, that advice comes through and, and she, she gets it in the end. It takes her a long time, and probably too long to get it. Yeah. But it does work. Um, I, I loved Myron from the minute that he entered. And I felt engaged with every single scene he was in. Obviously, you've got the Christopher Walken humor there, which yeah. which obviously helps drive it. But I think they didn't waste the line with his character. It was a really important character for this film. Yeah, I, I think he was very important in his messages to her. And like, I 100% agree. She needed, like, throughout this film to progress it, she needed to pick up on the things he was saying as he was saying them rather than leave it to the end when it was all too late for her. Well, that's... I mean, but that's the film. So he, to me, I say every single character is a different example of coping. Yep. He's the he's the example of acceptance mm-hmm. and living in the now, which is what Abby was 100% not doing because she's trying to live in this future that she's not even going to be in. And it's not until she starts to live in the now. You can still have that character of living in the future while showing that growth throughout the film rather than just tacking it on at the end. Mm. I don't, yeah. Yep. What what other characters have you got? Um, well, I've got Abby's mum. Yep. Because, again, she comes off as harsh and unreasonable, but again, it's a completely separate coping technique. She is going through her own struggles. This is her daughter mm. who's got terminal cancer. Plus, she's already lost her husband. Yeah, so it's... I think they deliberately want her to be a bit standoffish and for the audience to be like, oh, who does she think she is? But no, like, of course, she's going through her own stuff. And I don't think anyone else realizes that until maybe Abby's letter at the end, that this is really tough for mum too. And and she's coping with it in, in her own ways as well. And I loved it when she said like, oh, my focus group that I go to. And she's like, yeah. well, why are you going to one? It's like, well, why wouldn't you go to one, right? Yep. I had uh, Dominic down yep. just as... I, f- I felt like he was one of those characters that was supposed to provide a little bit of relief as well, a little bit of lightheartedness, the quick sort of spieling off of, you know, oh, this is your first time, this is what you need next time you come. It was another character that she could sort of touch base with to sort of keep her in that reality, I guess. But mm. at the same time, like, she didn't take anything on board. Mm. You don't see her come back the next time with all the stuff that he's told her to bring next time. You don't... <sighs> yeah. Yeah, like, but I guess that was her disconnect from dealing with the fact that she had cancer to dealing with, I've got to get myself myself in order for when I'm not here. I liked him because of his example of, again, I'm saying everyone is an example of coping. His was, I work in a hospital, I deal with this shit every, every single day. day. I'm not going to necessarily show you sympathy. I'm going to have fun with you if you yeah. want it. But I think he tries to disconnect with his patients because... How can you connect with someone yeah. who, if they're going to constantly mess. die, right? Like that, that would. And he connects with Abby probably because she has this own disconnection with with her treatment and her cancer. And I think it was a really powerful scene when she sort of pops in to say goodbye. 
And the guy and, in the suit's <laughs> Yeah, the guy in the suit's still there. Um, but he's... Um, Dominic's kind of... You see his face. Probably didn't realise that he'd connected with her as much as he had. And just that feeling of... He's just lost someone, right? And and I don't know. That, that really got to me. Just to see her. She's quitting. It's done. It's over. You are never going to see this person again. She's like, see ya, mate. And he's just like, see ya. Yep. How often does he have to deal with that? I just... Yeah. yeah. I don't know. That really got to me. I thought it was... I thought he was another interesting character, another completely take on it, different take on it all. Good. Have you got anyone else? The only other one I'd, I... And it's only because I didn't really have many answers on him was, was Benji. Um, I was a little unsure about him as a character because he's kind of there for them whenever they need him. Um, he's the one guy that has the balls to talk about Abby's illness when... Not anyone really wants to talk about it, and even Sam says on like a couple of occasions, like, "Can we talk about something else? I don't yeah. want to. I don't want to deal with it because that's where Sam's at at that point." And he doesn't. He, he changes the subject, and he's you know again, he's there for when you need him. But he's obviously this womanizing guy, which they paint as a negative thing. Um, sorry, womanizing is a negative thing. Yeah. <laughs> if you've got a girlfriend, but but it, he wasn't a bad friend, and that's why I didn't like that scene where he left Sam drunk in the bar. I, I, I kind of don't know how Stephanie Lang wanted me to perceive Benji. Because I felt like he was his stand-up mate that all of a sudden wasn't a stand-up mate, but then still was a stand-up mate. I, I don't know. True. I, I couldn't quite figure him out. Because I still look at him and go, oh, I think I'd want you to be my mate. I think you're pretty good. So, yeah, he seemed, seemed like a nice guy. He, like, yeah, he was always there for Sam whenever he needed him. And I just liked that he wasn't shy to talk about it. Um, I can... That's another, that's another thing is people just maybe don't want to talk about it and so don't bring it up but at least he was just like all right how's abby going how's she you know she must be struggling now this must be really hard to deal with i don't want to talk about it someone's got to talk about it so yeah that could have been sam's opportunity to switch off you know just think about something else yeah but that that wasn't sam's character as well he was he was blocking it out as much as he could too because he knew he wouldn't be able to cope yep all right, let's move on. Yeah, sorry, I've been yapping away. No, no, it's, good, it's good discussion on the characters. What about... So, the director we spoke about, Stephanie yeah, Lang. Stephanie Lang. So, she also... Did a TV movie called Lady Secret. Okay. Before this, in 2017. Done lots of production. So, she's a producer, mainly. Mm. Yeah. Um, but also directed a little bit of Veep. Oh, mm. A little bit of TV, full stop, but probably most famously Veep. And Little Britain, uh, USA, I saw. Oh, right. <laughs> Which I... So, she's got her roots in comedy. Yeah. What did you think of the cast in this one? Because I didn't connect with the guy who played Sam. See, I so you, you absolutely did. I thought I thought they were two of the best performances we've seen in a long time. Okay. I thought if you had told me that Gugu and Mikkel are husband and wife, I'd be like, "Yep, cool, believe you." Like that's how good they were. And I thought Christopher Walken was great because we saw her in um, Cloverfield not that long ago, and I didn't like her in that. And she's obviously British. Yeah. I was just thinking, I was the whole time watching her, waiting for her to slip out. (laughs) I thought she was excellent. I really do. I thought she, she, she did a great job of covering a whole range of emotions. Yeah, her performance was good. I I agree with that. Yeah, Sam, I could have been, you know, you could have cast like a Ryan Gosling or someone in this. Then, I don't know, maybe I would have connected more. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, (laughs) no, that's fine. I just, just their chemistry together is what worked. All right. Scenes. Yep. You liked this one a bit more than me, so tell me, what did you enjoy? Yeah, I've got a couple. I've already referenced a couple, so I won't necessarily bring them up again, but um, I think summed up their, their really cute dynamic that they have when she obviously gets diagnosed for the first time and they thought that she was pregnant and they're laying in bed and, the, and 
she says, oh, at least we won't have to pay for college. And you sort of think like, oh, shit, like, where's she going to go? And then he just comes back with, unless it's a really smart tumour. Um, and then, Cute. again, like, the, it's the size of a tangerine. It's like, you know, oh, a tangerine's much better than an orange. Like, I, that was just this dynamic that they had. It was just re- really whippy, really, really worked for me. Um, I mentioned the what-if scenes when they always say, well, what if this? And the, yeah. the cute lengths that he would go for her and it ended with, what if I die? And he says, I would never recover. Oh. Um, the scene before the whole two months later when they're sitting on the wharf discussing his dating profile yeah. and the things they can add to it. To me, that was just like the culmination of this incredible chemistry that I've been harping on about this whole time. You watch that scene, you're like, these guys are actually dating in real life. Like, that, you could have... You could have sold it to me. Um, and there was a scene where she has a fight with her mum at dinner and she sort of walks out and it looks like the mum's being really unreasonable. But I think, again, that just highlighted how this is such a difficult situation for everybody and not everybody recognises how much it's impacting every single person who's touched to this. Yep. And the final scene that I really liked was um, was the credit scene when he was flicking through the textbooks. All the sticky notes. With all the sticky notes. I'm very glad that came back because when she was doing it, I was like, oh, this is this is hard. Like, Because <laughs> um, that's, that's, that's such a couple thing to do, right? Like a, put a cute note in someone's lunch and here she is doing it, you know, and she's not even around <laughs> anymore. Oh, that's all I got. This got you. This movie got you. <laughs> it got all, the, all the little emotional heartstringy bits you they got you. Um, I tell you what, you can you can miss the boat with me and I, and I won't connect. But if you pull me in, I'm all Good yours. Yeah. yeah. Good. All right. Well, I've only really got one sort of moment that I really stood out for me, and it, it was at the start when Abby and Sam are kids at the aquarium. Oh yeah. And I just really like. You know, the, the teacher's talking about, you know, animals being monogamous and the kids are like, what's that? What's that? And, you know, mm. some kids like, you know, um, my my uncle's or my auntie's yeah. food and my, someone else. I had a bit of a giggle, but, you know, it finished off with that um, Abby biting Sam because they talk about these fish that they bite people they want to yeah. meet with. Yeah. And it was just nice. They sort of made that connection later too where, you know, you've always got that bite mark. How so. great is that that he had the scar? Yeah. And that's, yeah. So I, I, I liked that. That was pretty damn cute. But then you find out that she bit like four guys that day. Yeah. <laughs> All right, what what didn't you really like? Um, I'm guessing there's not much. Uh, there's there's one big bit, but I, when, when you first find out that she's creating this dating profile for him, you think like, oh, this is weird. But when she's actually meeting with these girls, uh, like, and they're agreeing to come, I was yeah. like, this, where's this... I'm, I'm glad they didn't focus as much on that, but I was like, where is this movie going? Yeah, I thought that that was weird. I didn't like that either. Yeah. It was just, a, yeah, awkward. And I absolutely hated that he... He cheated on it, yeah? I've got that in my question. I think he has to. Like, it, he has every opportunity to say that he didn't. And I hated that he did. And even even regardless, I just hated that whole sequence... I have there's no reason why you needed to separate these two no. at this time. No, the, yeah, I had the, I've had that in my questions for you because I was like, did he stay at that girl's house that night? Because they why did they need to make it so ambiguous? Yeah, that you know, they they cut to they fade to black, and the next scene he's walking along the water sort of area. And mm. if you're gonna have him do that, don't leave that ambiguity with the audience as to what actually happened. Uh, yeah, I I don't think. I watched this thinking he did it. Like I, I can't see a way where he didn't, and I and I, I hated that. And I said so I just when she's getting that final talk with the doctor, he's like, "Hey, nothing's responding. It's all over," kind of thing. Where's your husband? Oh, we're not together. I was like, "This, this, we don't need this." Like these these guys are like the perfect couple. You're you're entering the last few weeks of your life. Mm. This is petty shit. 
like, why did it get to this? Yeah, I, I didn't like that. At I all. didn't like that at all. It took a massive chunk out of the film for me. Um, but they got back together. So, <laughs> which I. But you know what? You could have still had that. You know that proposal scene and getting ready for the wedding. You could have done something about that without breaking them up in the first place. And it just happened to be with the girl that Abby was like was happy with him to be with after she was gone too. Yeah. So it made it even worse. Yeah. I didn't like that. Okay. That, that, that sequence. There's not yeah. like a scene. It's yeah, just that sequence. sequence. Yeah. That shouldn't have been in. What have right, you got? I'm, I wasn't a massive fan of the scenes with Abby and her colleague or her friend. Oh, the, the bookshop. Yeah. Thing. Like, the, you know, they're looking at these dick pics and they're talking about, oh, you know, right. he, at least he's thinking about you. And she's like, nah, date check the stamp. It's a, you know from an older time. I was like, it didn't really go with the flow of what else was happening. Um, and that sort of links into, you know, when... Um, Abby's talking and she's talking about, you know, oh, he's going to go through a slut phase. I don't know if you need, like, you don't need to refer to that in this day and age. Like, it's co- it's offensive, I guess. The language. Like, the language. Yeah. You're like, you know, we're past using words like that in a movie, I feel like. Especially if you're going to have this emotional connection. Like, you don't, like, you might be like, oh, he's going to play around for a bit or he's going to test the waters. You don't mm-hmm. need to call female sluts. Like, oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah. I just um, thought that, that, like, yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Um, Again, the therapy group session when they're talking about, you know, their hymen's breaking. Like, there's these little attempts at human, you know, that Meryl chick's like, oh, I lost mine on my favourite horse. Like, uh, I just, thought she was funny. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, these little things that just didn't flow with the rest of what was going on. Like, this was a down movie, and then you've got these attempts at humour that aren't funny. I think that's what makes this movie good, almost. Yeah. I think that it needs that, that, that humour and that lightness. And I think that's what is important when they're making it. Oh, really. What about when, you know, Abby goes and buys him all the new clothes and then he rocks up in his new jeans and Benji's like, oh, I can tell that you're circumcised. <laughs> I can't even remember that. Like, it's just saying it's tight. Yeah, I get that. Uh, I don't know. I didn't mind that. So everything that you're saying there that you didn't like all kind of fits in tonally with each other. So Yeah, yeah. That, yeah they're all like, yeah. And I, so it's almost the like... the rest of the tone of the film, these didn't fit in. But they're all in. So it's almost like... Be prepared that we're going to go from here to here, from here to here. Yeah, so it's prepared um, you for it. So those jumps backwards and forwards yeah. didn't, didn't do it for me. Um, the, you mentioned this, like, I wasn't... Her hissy fits at Sam all the time when he was trying to do the things that she wanted him to do, even though she was manipulating everything in his life. They really annoyed me. Like, the ring, when she purchases a ring and says, you know, use this to propose. Mm. It was just awkward. The dates. And then, you know, the especially that scene, like you mentioned this with the mum, like... I really connected with the mum in that scene, and then for mm-hmm. her to just storm out and turn into something about herself oh, for again, sure. yeah, that was really was da- was yeah, I, I didn't enjoy that. Um, but it's almost like you didn't enjoy that because you thought she was being mean in all those things and unreasonable. And I think she is being mean and unreasonable throughout this whole thing because that's how she's trying to deal know, with. Myron's it. telling her throughout, you need to connect with the people in your life, and she's just ignoring what he's saying. Yeah, she is, and that's. But I think that's it's not easy. What she's I know, but doing. in a film that you've got ninety minutes with these characters, you want to see some sort of growth, not just plucked on in the last thirty <sighs> seconds. You want to see her adjust. You start her off as as soon as she gets the news, I'm turned off. I want nothing yeah, to do yeah, with everyone, yeah. and then you slowly see her open up a little bit. So those last few moments aren't as painful for the family because she was actually present in those moments towards the end. Yeah, of the I get what you're saying. I get um, what you're saying. And then, like um, the, the ring when he actually uses the ring to get down on his knee for her. I don't know. I just didn't like him using that ring because of that 
connotation with her sure. buying it. And finally, you know, just as she's she's lying in bed, wakes up, looks out the window and sees that hawk. And, you know, that was, those birds were those things that her and Myron used to go and watch oh, yeah. all the time. Yeah. And that was like what he wanted. And then just for her to, he was always looking for them and then she found them and then she passed. I was like, uh, I don't know. I didn't like, I, I was like, you know, this guy was there for you the whole time trying to do this thing and you get to see something he didn't get to see. Mm. It just didn't sit well. That's me. A lot of these things are life's not fair kind of things, Jesse. I know, I know. And, and this film is telling you the life's not that If fair. I had have connected with her character more, yeah, I probably yeah. wouldn't have disliked them as much. Nah, like all those things that you're saying, I, I, I look at her as a person and I go, you're not being great here, Yeah. but I can't begin to think what is going through your head. Going through your head, yep. Which, was, which is what I liked about it, which is why I like the, the film's doing this. Like, yeah, this girl's making some terrible decisions, but... It's not a not a uh, not an easy position to be in. All right, let's look at what this film's saying. Tell me what what's this film? What has it talent like? You, what the the tagline of this film, which I didn't realize until I wrote something very similar, is "Don't focus on what if, focus on what is." Yep. So it it is all about living in the right now, um, and obviously that doesn't mean that you need to do it if you have a limited time to live. That's saying live in the right now, right now, yep. no matter what's going on in your life. And that's 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 an age old message, right? Yeah, but life doesn't stop. You just gotta you gotta accept where you're at and go with it. Um, but then this is a huge commentary for me on coping mechanisms in the times of heartache. There is no right or wrong way to do it, yep. and you're allowed to be a little bit off in your life um, if if these things are really troubling you. But everyone, no matter how close you are to whatever's going on or how separated you are, you're gonna cope differently, and it's gonna affect you in some way. I kind of like that even though that's what she was like, none of the characters really fobbed her off completely. Mm. They're all still there for yeah. her when she was ready to come back. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. I think people get it, right? Like, if, if, if I don't want to even want to bring this up, right, but if you have a big fight with someone and then you find out that they have a limited time to live, you're not going to hold that grudge forever, right? No. Which is you how not. you should live your life. <laughs> exactly. Regardless of whether you've got that grudge. So, um. And obviously, they, they do explore the idea of love. Um, and I think the biggest thing I take about love is don't don't force it. Because when it happens organically, it's the greatest thing in the world. Don't make love work just because you want it to work, it, yeah. right? Yeah. Because this is one of the the greatest like relationships, apart from that little fight they had. You look at these guys on screen, you guys, like, you guys are perfect. Yeah. And, that's, and I think Benji says that at the start. I normally hate couples that are perfect, but you guys yeah. are all right. Like, yeah, he says something like, I'd do anything to be in your shoes. Yeah, but they're perfect, and, and I bought it. I bought it from the very start. Good. The, there's a little bit to it about letting go, and, um, you know, Abby had that, that really difficult thing throughout the film where, you know, you can't always control or predict what's going to happen, and, and she was so fixated on that. And I think they did a good job in showing that sometimes when you're in that situation, that's really hard. How desperate would you be, right? Like... You know when there's something that you really want to fix or control, yeah, and you know in her position she knows that there's nothing that she can do about it after a certain point. That would yep. be such a, a difficult situation, mind-numbingly difficult. And there's this other like throughout the film that um, Sam and Abby said to each other, "Is it too soon? Is it too soon?" With their jokes, with the thing, and I think you know that commentary. Her, her life was over too soon too. Oh, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. All right, what did we take from this film? Well, there's obviously this overall tinge of sadness throughout the entire film. Um, and I think for me, that's where it pulled me in emotionally. So you spoke about the beginning of the film 
showcasing that she already dies and then we go back to the start yeah um so that's the fact that it you know it's going to end in tragedy i think makes me like this film more so i didn't want to reveal that earlier <laughs> i just um because when the good things are happening to her in the film you know that it could be the last time that's happening. And when the bad things are happening, you're praying that they're not going to waste this time together because you know that it's going to end. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, okay. So I think that it could have been really overwhelming um, if they had done that wrong. But I found it really tasteful. And I think a lot of that's to do with the fact that it was 90 minutes. Yep. Really appropriate runtime. Yeah. Um, but I think... And, I, and this is only... I think I thought this in reflection. that knowing that Because at the start, I was like maybe I'd be more connected to this if I knew she was potentially going to live. But I think, looking back now, I'm like, no, no. I think I needed to know for sure this is going to be the last this. This is going to be the last this. Don't waste it. Don't waste it. And I think I was just almost out of breath. Like, don't, don't, don't. And that's pulled me in completely. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The the sad, like, the knowing that that's what the end was going to be. Gaia made me want some sort of happiness throughout and I didn't get any no I didn't get happiness in the small things I know but I didn't get any small things along her journey to show me dancing in the living room and uh... (laughs) uh I don't know I just so you know there were a lot and a lot of the ways that these things were done there were lots of slow mo shots there's like really sad music playing there are lots of shots where the camera just zooms in zooms out it just did my head in quite a little bit um but you like even thinking about the people that you meet, like her relationship with Myron, whether she knew it or not, was a nice way to spend the last few weeks of her life. The yeah, way that like, it I wanted her to acknowledge that to him before he died. Yeah, I, you know, because to me that's another that's another stab in the heart when she realizes that he's mm. passed away. She didn't well, get to say rough, goodbye. Yeah. She didn't get to. Well, she didn't even get to like you know acknowledge like she had to use his wife who she'd never met before except at the funeral mm. to acknowledge. Oh, we were friends. Mm. Yeah, you're friends, but your head's up your ass. Like, mm. why couldn't you have him... That's life, Jesse. Oh, man. I know it's life, but in a film, you can't just have deep down depressing thing the whole time. Without I don't think it was. Okay, well, t- to me, this <laughs> movie was just down. Down yeah. the whole time. Um, well, it's, uh, one thing I always like to answer is when I would recommend for someone to watch this. Mm-hmm. And you can't obviously recommend it if you didn't like the film. Yep. But I think this is... You, you would watch this film when you're having a petty fight with your other half or with someone else and then you can watch this and realise what's important. And I think that's a nice little message to take out of it. I'm anything. glad you went. I was like, oh, and hope that they die or something. No, no, no. Because you watch this film and you go, hang on, let's, let, let's look at the big picture. Because if nothing else, this film lets you look at the big picture. And you know what? Sometimes the big picture is taking solace in the small moments. Yep. Sure. <laughs> uh, did you jump on IMDb at all to check anyone out? I, three times. Google three. So, Sam, yep. Mikhail Huseman, or Huseman, whatever, is Dario from Game of Thrones. Yeah. Did I did not recognise him at all. The only reason I did it was because I looked at him and was like, you're really familiar. Yeah. And I bloody IMD beat him weeks ago when I watched The the Invitation, which is like this horror thriller movie, which yeah. is very good. He's he's one of the main guys in that as well. Yeah. And I thought the same thing when I saw it. I was like, oh, it's <laughs> Dario from Game of Thrones. Got you twice. He doesn't look anything like Dario from Game of Thrones, but especially in this, it looks nothing yeah. like him. Got you twice. Um, I also jumped on for Dominic, who's played by Tim Simons, 
which I kind of knew. He's got a real familiar face. He's he, he's in Draft Day. I don't know if you've ever seen Draft Day. Yeah, with Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner. Yeah. Great film if you just he's love sports. Film. It's a very nice film. Um, he's one of the Cleveland Browns, just backroom guys who yeah. works on the trades. He's, and... he's in heaps of stuff. Yeah, I think he's on Saturday Night Live. Oh, yeah. he's on. He's a comic. Did a voice in Spider-Man to the Spider-Verse. Okay. A few little things, yeah. He, um, yeah, and the other one was Kate McKinnon who plays Kate just because I'm like I'm pretty sure I know she's in tons of stuff as well mm-hmm. but I'm pretty sure she's um, the wife from Masterminds Zach Galifianakis' uh-huh. wife from Masterminds she's really weird and creepy in that film but um, <laughs> yeah I think, no, good so um, it's a good IMDB film I had one because I wanted to confirm something and I got it wrong oh, but I was close I like when you get things wrong I was wrong but I was very very close because you admit it I love you like, You could not admit this and I like that you, you come in and admit that you get things wrong oh, yeah I'm not going to you've done this a few times I'm not going like, to lie man. I looked at this guy because I thought it was him and it wasn't him nah. <laughs> I like it that you um, so Abby's mum is Jane yep actress is Tamara Tuni mm-hmm. so as soon as you came on the screen I was like oh it's like law and order law and order I'm like um, and in my head I'm like uh, Lieutenant Van Buren that's what I had in my head and then I looked it up and I was like Damn it! Wrong law and order. She's from SVU, um, okay. and she's the doctor in the the SVU one. Um, so she's done two hundred twenty three episodes. Of that. So you got you, you got so yeah. Law and order's, order's, order's wrong. wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and the character's wrong. But that's all right. But I was so you recognize law and order, but I had the wrong law and order. Does she look like this lieutenant? Not really. Or is it just like I you, just, you just got um, your characters? Mixed I got my characters up. mixed yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I knew she was from Law and Order. I just didn't know. Um, yeah, I blanked on the character, but that's all right. No, you did well. All right, time for questions. You, we've already asked each other a few already. We but, have. So Look, we, I had two, and one of them was, <laughs> what do you think about revealing her death at the beginning? Uh, we've yeah, talked, talked at length about that. A little about. bit, yeah. And the other one was, what do you think Sam's doing in six months' time? But okay. Well, well, well. I had the one, like, did Sam actually stay at that mirror's place? And we sort of discussed that as well. Yeah. Um, did you Sam. believe in the crocheting as a metaphor for life? <laughs> did, did the unraveling of the string, and that, did that play well with you? Um... I didn't. It didn't bother me. I liked I liked the humor about it, where she was getting annoyed that crochet is not a metaphor for life. Yeah. Like, We're not saying it's a metaphor for life, and then it unravels, and he admits, like, you know, crochet is a metaphor for life. Like, I, I just kind of enjoyed the humor around it more than anything else. Last one I've got for you. What's the difference between crochet and knitting? So, oh, there, I'm sure there is some physical oh, technicality yeah, about yeah. it, but I don't know. Okay, never been in it. Oh. I think I've done knitting. I did it as an elective, or not an elective, but one of those things in year seven yeah. that you have to do. You're like textiles. Sewing and, yeah. yeah, yeah. Still yeah. couldn't tell you how to do it. Though. No. My dog ripped up my couch and I don't even know how to fix it. <laughs> uh, last one for you. Did you know Donald Duck's middle name is Fauntleroy? Did not. No. I like that at the very end when the <laughs> weird, back in. The weird um, assistant or friend that she works with is talking to Benji. Yeah. And he's like, what's Donald Duck's middle name? And she just... Was, like, did they need to set them up at the end? Uh, not really yeah, but it was it was just touched on like it yeah. wasn't a big thing true and how long so call me an idiot but it took me a long time to realise that, that she was dead at the end there when they had that party and then they oh, showed the, like her wedding dress hanging on the I yeah. still didn't it still didn't click for me I was like oh she's not not got ready yet as soon as she saw the hawk in the sky I was like oh she's dead mm. so I well, yeah. I thought maybe that was like... Um, but they tried to play it up that she was still alive and I, she was coming to the party and I, she brings the letter out. Well, I thought that was maybe Myron being at her wedding kind of thing. Um, and then he kind of walks out in his own. I'm like, oh, I thought you'd sort of be together. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> and then he said gotcha. like, thanks for coming. Like, we obviously had all this stuff here, so we might as well do it. I was like, oh my God, I'm not ready for this. Even though I was, you know waiting for 90 minutes for it to happen. But. So they'd all, at the start of the film, they were organising the cake and all that stuff already. 
So they cancelled the wedding though. They did cancel it. Because so remember one of the first phone calls yeah, she, she makes. makes yeah. yeah, so when he gets down on his knee with the ring again, <clears throat> is that just a symbolic sort of... Well, I think it's because they weren't going to get married, right? Cause... So, so he's proposing for a second time to... Effectively, yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. Well, time to wrap this up. Time to put our thoughts together and give our film a rating. Oh, MJ, you, you loved this, so I want you to shine the light on us. Well, this movie did a lot right for me. Um, from the chemistry of the two leads, the exploration of the really resonant themes, and the sheer visceral connection <laughs> that I had. Big words. Um, <laughs> it lost its way a little bit on the journey, but I think it steered the ship back perfectly. After watching this, here's the thing. After watching this, I haven't really stopped thinking about it either. Oh, and I think that cute. that stands for something. Yeah. Um, so if you want to chat for another hour, I'm around. Sure. <laughs> um, four stars. Oh, Very nice. All right. Well, um, I wasn't as big a fan. <laughs> um, for me, it was a bit of a downer from the start. And I think I've probably made that pretty clear. Um, it was a hard slog. I tried, to, you know, it, it tried to pull at the heartstrings and I got those scenes and I wanted to get emotional and I was ready to cry, mm. but I just couldn't. Like, I was like trying to force myself to cry. I was like, come on, dude, that's work. It does help, yeah. No, it didn't happen. Um, and I think maybe that's to do with the creation of these characters more than anything. So I'm giving it a one and a half out of five. This is like... Very mercy. Polar opposites. Yeah. I don't think we've had a gap with that this big... big I think Mercy might have been about the same. So that gives us an average of 2.75 as a team. It's right in the middle. Right in the middle. So I apologise for dragging down. No, no, I apologise for pulling this this turd up. No, no. (laughs) Hey, that's what it felt like when we did uh, Mercy. Yeah, yeah. um, Was it the other one I liked? Mercy was a great chat. Oh, yeah, Burning Sands as well. It's exactly the same. This is why we love it. Because you know what? I've actually been uh, concerned that you and me have just been banging on exactly the same... We're getting tired. Films. It's too close to Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> can't can't deal with um, nah, this is good. Netflix films. All right. So, social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, we pop up question of the week, and this one MJ's already touched on, but what's your take on the film's idea of don't focus on what if, but focus on what mm. is? Beautiful. Give us your thoughts on our social medias. We are back again tomorrow for another day of Podmas. Mm. We are looking at the 2018 romantic neo-noir science fiction film Mute. God, it's a few genres. It's a mouthful. It is directed by Duncan Jones. It stars Alex Ga- Alexander Skarsgård, Paul Rudd, and Justin Theroux. Whew, that's a cast. Good. Um, cool. Yeah, awesome. Give us a subscribe if you want to. Uh, if you want to follow us more, because they're coming out thick and fast at the moment. They are. It's, it's been fun. Yeah, I'm just enjoying the opposites. It was fun. I'm enjoying this podcast because I'm in the right now. I'm not thinking about anything <laughs> before or after. I'm just here with you, Jesse, chatting film. Good. <laughs> I, I couldn't couldn't want to spend more time together before Christmas because it's a good time of the year. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, we'll see you tomorrow. See you then, mate.